Welcome to Soloish, a Washington Post podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. Today we're going to talk about how to flirt with strangers, what generally works and what doesn't, and to do that I'm here today with Thomas Edwards, who's a professional wingman based out of New York, we'll find out what that means in just a minute, who's going to teach me and my colleagues Veronica Tony and Lavanya Ramanathan how to pick up men in bars. And then we'll go on a little field trip outside the office. So Thomas, welcome. Thank First you. of all, tell me, like, what does it mean to be a professional wingman? It's not a pickup artist, right? No, no, it's far from that. Um, so I founded a company seven years ago called The Professional Wingman, and our job is to help people develop the social skills necessary to create what will ultimately become a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Lavanya and Veronica, there'd be like one thing that you want to learn to do better or differently or more efficiently when it comes to talking to strangers in bars, what what would that be? Slovenia, and uh, I think for me, for a living, I go up to people and I ask them sometimes intimate questions, and I think what has happened is it's sort of dulled my flirting reflex. I think I often treat people in a very professional manner. I think when I, um, and especially as I covered nightlife and life, life and bars for a long time, go right up to people and start talking to them without ever letting them know that I'm interested. Yeah. I think from what I hear from other people, people wonder, what is my deal? Like, why am I dating anyone? It's very hard to tell. Are you an interviewer? I'm an interviewer. That is absolutely what I, I mean, am. It's the nature of your job, but also yeah. part of your communication yeah, style. Yeah, but it's very much carried over into my personal life. We can address that very easily. <laughs> All right, and Veronica? <laughs> Hi, I'm Veronica, and I echo a lot of what Lavanya is saying about just being an interviewer. I have zero problem going up and talking to people, but what ends up happening a lot is that people just think, oh, you're so friendly. Will you tell me about your friend next to you who hasn't said a word? (laughs) So it makes it a little hard to get to like, hey, I'm flirting with you. Also, a lot of times um, what my other friends will tell me is that I am not a toucher, and so I've even written an article about how I don't like hugs. That's right. Washington That's true. And mm-hmm. so that makes it really hard to be, like, overtly, like, because I'm not stroking arms or, like, you know, all of that stuff that I think is a telltale sign that you're flirting with someone. So mm-hmm. that tends to be my out-in-the-field issue. I think. Thomas, nice. it sounds like Veronica gives off a wingman vibe. Like, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, she's definitely, she's definitely the wingwoman. Like, yeah, the people yeah. automatically assume yeah. she's the wingwoman. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> as a result, you get put into the friend zone, and so you're not seen as, as a viable candidate. But we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll, we'll take care of that, too, because I feel like one of the big, one of the, a big misconception about flirting is that you have to touch. And now, while it's a major component of flirting, if you're not someone who's comfortable doing that, there's another way you can actually do that. So I can always explain that in a little bit. I would say I generally don't have trouble going up and talking to people. I would like to be a more effective wing woman to my friends, uh, sort of become a little bit of a Veronica. So how can we be more strategic at the bar? Okay. So being strategic at the bar starts from when you actually get there. So... If you think about a typical girls' night out, which I've seen many of, a lot of times what happens is you'll get into the bar and you'll immediately go and like find the closest place like to sit down where you all can like sit together and hang out. Problem is, guys are not going to go and sit down next to you and start a conversation. And even if they did come over and want to talk to you, now they're standing over you, which yeah. seems a little creepy, sometimes unsafe, just get this weird yeah. vibe. 
And so I always say, don't be sitting down because guys aren't going to come up to you if you're sitting down. What about sitting at a bar stool? Depends on where in the bar you're sitting down. Now, if you're facing the bar, that's not an ideal place for no, you to because, be because unless guys... you want to attract the attention of the bartender. Well, but... that, of course. But then any guy who approaches you is going to approach you from behind, which also comes off as uncomfortable. Yes. And you don't know why he's actually approaching you except for the fact that you are a woman sitting at the bar. <laughs> he doesn't know what you look like, right? Yeah. And it's uneasy. So if you do sit at the bar, definitely sit at the corners where not only you can see the guys and make eye contact and smile at them but they can also see you okay so that's really important otherwise i recommend standing up and if you're going to stand up you want to stand up in a place where i call it the social flow so in any uh in any venue there's going to be a place where there's a lot of traffic going in and out and that's the area which you want to be because eventually what happens is you kind of brush up on people as you're walking by Naturally, eye contact's being made. If you're interested in someone, you smile at them. And naturally, I mean, science has proven this, that over time, you do end up coming back together and connections can be formed that way. How can Question. you be sure that you're not just, like, in the way when you're standing in that People <laughs> exactly. are just like, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> and, and you're smiling at them and they're just trying to go to the bathroom. Well, I mean, of course, that's going to happen, right? I mean, people are, but that's part of the social flow. I mean, there's a lot of traffic that's going to happen. And that's a conversation, right? Exactly. Excuse me is, like, yeah. the opening line. Exactly. So one, so one interesting thing that I, I like to do for uh, my male clients, and I feel like my, my female clients can do this, too. I think it's great. When you go to the bar, what's the first thing that you do when you go there? Get a drink. Boom, right? Now, typically, most people will find, like, the empty space around the bar to go there to get the attention of the bartender, yeah. to get the drink. And then when they have the drink, they kind of turn around and they go, okay, what, what do I do now? What's next? You know? What I like to do is have a dual purpose. So instead of going to the empty space of the bar, I'm going to go to a space of the bar where people that I want to talk to are. And when I go in there, I'm going to say, hey, do you mind if I cut in here and order a drink? Mm-hmm. Now, if they're, hoard- if they're holding a drink... They're going to say yes, right? Like, there's, not, there's no situation where they're going to say no. Now, while you're, while you're ordering the drink and you're waiting to get that, now you can turn back around and initiate a conversation because you just opened it up. And now, before you know it, you've already talked to maybe one, two, three people, and you haven't even had your drink yet. And that's enough momentum that can be created for you to feel good about trying to meet other people over the course of the night. How do you talk to people without being in interview mode? One of the best questions that I like to ask people is... What's your story? I ask that all the time. And everyone's <laughs> very confused and they just like, shut up. Yes, right? Like they get, they don't, because they don't, they don't necessarily, they don't get a question like that before, yeah. normally, right? Oh. And it's a different version of saying like, tell me about yourself, but in a more fun way. Guide them into a conversation that's open-ended because everything that they say is going to be a potential hook point for three things. You're either going to relate to it, you're going to have an anecdote that you can respond to it, or there's going to be a, uh, what I call it a reward, where you show appreciation for, or you find something really appealing. So if you find out someone has like a, a worldly point of view, you can say, "Wow, like I love that you, I love to travel. I think it's really cool." That you so what's answer. a like? What's your story? Is almost like so open ended. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have twenty minutes? <laughs> I guess it depends who you ask. So like, yeah. what are there other? types of questions like that like you can give us some other examples of open-ended questions that are maybe less open-ended so when you meet someone in a, in a bar i like to think of it almost like as a micro date mm-hmm. right like okay. you're 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 just meeting someone and you're trying to get a gauge of what their chemistry is like and you still can get to know that person very easily yeah so you can ask similar questions that you would on a first date i mean more creative ones i like to ask is like you know 
where's the you where's the place you've been to most recently or where was the last place you traveled to mm-hmm. so this is this is where i can't like sort of seal the deal is like the so i can ask you the question yeah. but i can't necessarily do the thing that you just said which is like oh i find that really attractive or like I could never because you're so used to being kind of an indifferent questioner yeah I I think in part and I think in part also I lack vulnerability I don't think I've ever been good at it I have no game well and how do you be vulnerable with people that you don't even know I mean vulnerability is the game so to speak you know what I mean like until you are comfortable or become comfortable with the idea that you're going to be exposed and there's a chance that there's going to be someone that may not necessarily align align with you like you're not going to be able to get that deep connection that you want how do we get veronica out of the friend zone like how do we get veronica yeah. out okay free the yeah. woman <laughs> okay <laughs> set her free so i have a very specific uh formula that i discovered about you know what flirting is and it's very like mathematical so for those who are listening get your paper and pencil <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so flirting equals in parentheses complimenting plus teasing to the power of touching Generally speaking, the more you're touching, the more you're amplifying the dynamic of the conversation. And if you think about any exponent, you know, in terms of the equation, anything to the power of zero is one. And one's a very lonely number. Let's, <laughs> so, wait, let's say this again. Okay, flirting equals... Journalists are terrible at math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Flirting equals, in parentheses, yeah. complimenting plus teasing, close parentheses, to the power of touching. No matter, so typically, no matter how much complimenting or teasing someone is doing, if you're not touching, then there's no uh, visual reference to say that that conversation is going more than friendly. Someone can walk away and be like, wow, that person's really cool, or I had a really fun conversation, but they're not going to feel anything or even know if there's anything there. Now, the touching part, you said, is like a little bit of a thing, right? Yes. So my alternative to that is to follow a different you, you, you follow similar formula okay. but you follow a, a, a rule that I like to call it. it's the um, hand elbow shoulder rule now this is based hand, shoulders like, knees and toes <laughs> <laughs> so right so one thing that's also very important when you when you go into any type of social venue especially one like the bar or a party or a house party or anything like that when you see typically a guy and a girl together you'll always know you'll if they're really close together like you're gonna think like there's something going on there whereas opposed like if they were like kind of further apart you would think there's something less going on there the same can be done when you're actually connecting with someone so you don't necessarily need to like execute specific touches over time but proximity <laughs> is very yeah but, but proximity well, is very like, important i don't to encourage Veronica to do anything she's not comfortable doing, but like maybe yeah. like slightly out of her comfort zone, maybe. Yeah. But like, that yes. doesn't sound too terrible. It's okay. not like, hey, let yeah. me like paw over you, yeah. which you see a lot when people are super aggressive at bars, yeah. and you're just like, whoa, I'm not going to be that girl. Yeah. But yeah, you also don't want to be the complete opposite. So, I mean, there are there are studies that show like if you touch someone, you know, three points of contact within like the first like minute and a half, like their interest level in you does oh, increase like a, a certain okay. a certain amount. But okay. proximity is much more. I think proximity is kind of the, the secret. The secret to, to, touch? The yeah. secret to, to flirting. You know what I mean? Because when you're creating comfort in people's semi-personal space and then personal space, like, that's a much deeper connection than me touching you in any, you know, in most spots. You know what I mean? So it's like, I would, I would actually seek that first 
and then progress progressively like institute levels of touch that you're comfortable with can we talk about how i can wing better yeah so this is over the years i kind of discovered what is now called the girlfriends strategy and what i discovered working with men was the best group of number in terms of the group of women to approach is three why uh and because typically he's interested in one of the person in the group and he's able if he's able to establish a connection with them the other two have themselves to talk to each uh, other okay. what i found a lot happening a lot was if there are two women and a guy approached them the other woman if she doesn't if she's not socially savvy enough to kind of be by herself in her own space will tend to pull yeah. the friend away not like on purpose but just because like it just happens, yeah. but yeah. She, but she doesn't know that she might be taking away a connection from you. You know what I mean? But it's just kind of the, how the dynamic works, which is where I come in as a wingman to talk to that second person. But as a thir- if, but if there's three people, he does not need me. So I realize, wait, like, what if I just taught women how to go out in groups of three and learn not only how to meet guys, but how to help each other meet guys? Hence, the girlfriend strategy. Yeah. Was born. So there are three of us. What can we yes. do? So. You take on, you figure out what your roles are. There's the facilitator. Um, there's definitely going to be like kind of a more approachable one, so to speak. And there's one that's going to be more of the silent one. So what you want to do is help the silent one, the more silent one first. And having the facilitator leads a charge. So let's say you're the facilitator. Okay. So if you see a group of guys or one guy or two guys, it doesn't matter how many guys it is. Okay. You are the one that has to go in and break the ice. I can do that. Yeah. So you go in and break the ice. Get to know them as a group, and you have to find something that they have in common with the silent person. So if it's bourbon, like, oh my God, like my friend loves bourbon. I think her favorite bourbon is actually what you're drinking right now. Like, let me see real quick. Like, Lavanya, come over here. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. So like, don't you like bourbon? Oh, yeah, this guy. Meet Thomas. Like, he lo- he's drinking that right now. He loves it. Boom. All of a sudden now, you're done. Okay. Right? At that point, no, obviously you're gonna be looking for clues to make sure that like she feels she's okay, safe and she's she okay. Wants to talk to him and yeah. Exactly. Okay. And there's yeah, we can always get into exit strategy. And, and when well. you when we first heard about this strategy, the first thing I think some of us thought was like, Well, how do you not send the wrong the wrong person send the wrong signal? Like so the facilitator goes in and what if the whole table's like, Oh yay, this woman. Yeah. Um and maybe she's got a boyfriend already, maybe she's you know, she's with yeah. someone. Like how do you make it clear who's Who's, like, in for who? It's, like, it seems we, a little complicated. I think we might not even know. Over the course of the night, I mean, you'll start to, like, find a rhythm and figure out, like, what works and what doesn't work based on, like, the opportunity that presents itself. Like, mm-hmm. if it's one guy and, like, you feel comfortable just going in there without the facilitation, then you just go in there, you know? But the beauty is, like, once that first connection is made, now there's two left, right? So Lisa and Veronica can now work together in tandem to then go out and try to find like another connection that could be made. You can repeat the same process again by being the facilitator and introducing them and then you being social, you'll be good on your own because you can find someone else that you want to talk to. Or you can find a group of two guys to talk to to and facilitate. Okay, and what, so facilitator, silent, and what's the other one? The approachable one. So the the approachable one is going to be kind of, so you're, so it's, it's very subtle what's going to happen in the dynamic, but as a facilitator, you're going to be the most proactive one in terms okay. of you going up and like actually talking to people. The more approachable one is going to be giving the, the, the nonverbal cues that it's okay for guys to come up and talk to us. So 
you were talking about eye contact, smiling, open body language, um, positioning in the venue, making sure that like... So that we're going to that kind of crowded-ish spot. Yeah. And um, one thing I actually learned from um, a friend of mine, Blanca Cobb, she had this great acronym and it's called SOLD. And I'm sure, you know, people have listened to me before. They've heard me say this before. Um, so S-O-L-D. So it's S is smile, O is open body language, so not crossing your arms, which I think is something that happens oh God, a lot. I do it all the time. <laughs> um, L is listening or leaning in. So if you are being a facilitator, you're leaning, you're listening into different conversations mm-hmm. to find context in which you can then get in there. Or if you're showing interest in someone, you lean in to show that interest. And then D is direction. So direction is like where you want to, sh- you know, direct your interest towards. Is it towards like one of the guys in the group? Let them see you so they can see that find an opportunity to talk to you. So putting those, you know, those things together is part of what makes women more approachable. Um, all right. Well, let's head out. Let's do it. All right. Experiencing being women, women for the first time, you know, it was very empowering to see you guys feel empowered in the process of going out and actually curating your own ex- your nightlife experience of meeting different guys. Yeah, um, Veronica, what did you think? What like if there was a risk or two that stand out in your head from last night? What would it have been? Well, I think mostly it was just really hard to think of all the lessons. So I think at one point I said to you, I was like, it's so exhausting. Thinking like, where is my drink being held? I'm not like closed off. Should I be like talking to someone else instead of you guys? Am I talking too long? Oh my gosh, my nachos are here. I'd really like to eat those. <laughs> did, you, did you get some? Yeah, yeah she got, no, we made sure she got okay, the nachos. She got, she got her nachos. Okay, like, it was just a lot. But it was kind of entertaining to have these conversations. And normally you're like actually like have a long-term or long conversation with someone that you don't know and not just because you're like happen to be standing next to each other to be more proactive about it was kind of fun yeah it is emotionally socially mentally uh, not draining but it's just intense you know and and like you said like there's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind especially if you're learning them for the first time and at the end of the day these are all, you know, behavioral habits that you're just changing. And so for now, like, you're, you're becoming very conscious of all these things, like where you're positioned in the venue, you know, if you're having open body language, and you know, like you said, like, where you keep holding your drink or placing your drink, those things will become much more natural as you do it more and you become more comfortable. But for right now, it feels a little tight because they're entirely new to you. Since listeners were not there. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe somebody's listening maybe, yeah. who was there. Let's just take, let's walk people through the night. We left the post around like 6.30 or yeah. so. Ended up at Two Birds, One Stone on mm-hmm. 14th Street around 7. There weren't a lot of people there. Mm. But I think it was a good place to kind of like do a little pep talk, have that one drink. The holding drinks thing is really interesting too because as, so 
Remember how I ordered a drink and I specifically asked to have it in a rocks glass? Yes. I don't know if you remember yes. that. The whole idea was having the drink not be in front of you. That okay. was all it was. Because okay. then it, it just okay. perpetuates the open body language. Okay. All right. So after two birds, we moved on to Pearl Diver Blackjack. What Black is Jack. the Blackjack? Blackjack. Yeah, Blackjack's upstairs. Okay. Pearl right. Diver's downstairs. Right. Yeah. And they were all decked out for Mardi Gras. That was a little bit more crowded. There were actually people to talk to. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the first time where Veronica, you and Lavanya saw Lisa go in and actually yes. initiate a conversation. And this is when we were talking about, oh, like, should you check on her? Should you join in? And I said, no, it's great because it's logistically sound. Like, she talking to one guy and then the other guy was with his date slash girlfriend no I don't think that they were I don't think I think they were all co-workers oh Oh, like the situation yeah yeah yeah. so remember we were we were kind of guessing based on like proximity like they weren't sitting so closely together but yeah that's a a great lesson to learn though I mean you can always assume as much as you want what my situation might be but you won't really know until you go in there yeah, and Veronica like came over and handed me a drink. I was well, like, yeah. it was the way I wanted to use the. Do you need a, our safe word of bathroom or drink at oh. that point? Yeah. And so I brought your drink over. So like, oh, here's a drink, and you could have like easily come out. So yeah. I thought, but you stayed. No, so. it was so nice. I was like, this is like VIP treatment. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Great wingmaning. Yes, Veronica, that was really good. Gives them an opportunity to get now if they're not interested in the conversation. Yeah. After a while, like, as you continue to talk to people, you're building more and more momentum and social value. Uh-huh. So eventually, like, even though you may felt like you've talked to everyone you've wanted to, now you're in a place where maybe people might be looking to talk to you. And that's even more powerful because then you can just post up at the bar like you did that yeah. one time. And the guy came over while we were ordering, um, when you were ordering drinks, another round of drinks. Oh, uh, yeah. He that, was kind of forgettable. So Yeah. But he, did, <laughs> he still, he still yes. came up and okay. you know, engaged conversation okay. with you. you know? Okay. And so you were still allowing yourself to be approached and that actually happened one thing that i it was, it was kind of a, a interesting contrast to see was you know you lisa you were kind of not taking yourself or the situation as seriously uh-huh. um and then levanya was kind of on the other extreme end of like taking it very very seriously being very anxious about it and you're kind of in the you have the happy medium yes. so, you know <laughs> which, like, well which, we're it, doing this so i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go talk to this person at the bar and I don't and you know. did. So I did yeah. do that. Yeah. It was kind of felt like, okay, this is the assignment. I will accomplish that and let's see how it goes. Which it wasn't terrible. So no. Good. I mean over time so we so we both noticed when you're looking over that like I don't know if you were I don't know if you were there. I think Levani and I were there. Okay. And we were looking over and at first at Veronica. Yeah, at Veronica. And we were looking over and we noticed that just you were your body language was very tight. Like you weren't you looked very serious and you were kind of like focused on the conver- it seemed like you were focused yeah. on the con- having the conversation as opposed to enjoying the conversation. And I think at some point something was said, whether it was you or him, and all of a sudden, like, you lit up, and I saw you relax, yeah. and because- you were smiling more, and I saw you shift your body a little bit, and your feet started to angle more towards him. And it seemed like ne- it wasn't necessarily a matter of, like, you being attracted to him, but the conversation just got interesting at that moment, and so your body responded in that way and then all of a sudden now the two of you were getting a, a, like slightly closer like there was a little bit of leaning in that was happening and overall it seemed like the conversation went well yeah it was a good interesting conversation um that's really funny i think at that point i was probably thinking where is my drink is it too far <laughs> high up is it too far down um so yeah. that's and then really you ended up putting it on like the the, yeah. the bar which was I like the perfect the move yeah, but I mean, like, we had know. a good time. We did yeah. not meet anyone, like, incredibly no. interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know? <laughs> so that was the one thing I think I've been saying to everyone. It's like, how did it go last night? Is that it was really fun and, like, a good experiment to see, like, okay, you can just go up and talk to people. But if I were with, like, my normal crew of ladies that I go out with, mm-hmm. I feel like I would feel really badly about leaving them for that long of a period or I would be thinking about that stuff. And so I think I kind of said, like, this is a strategy that either you guys have to, like, make a pack at the beginning of the night, like, hey, we're on the prowl tonight. Or, you know, n- just be more open to a friend that, like, just goes off and is, like, chatting with people where... I don't know if I would have would do that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, when it comes to going out and socializing, there shouldn't be established rules. Like if you see, so you're telling me like if you see a really really cute guy over there, you're gonna say no, I'm not gonna talk to cute guy because <laughs> it's girls' night out. It is girls I'm night. staying with my girls. No, like, I think I would talk to cute guy, but I wouldn't talk to him for as long of a period as we were talking to folks. For sure, right? But then now that you know that you have a time constraint, then you know like how you need to execute it, right? You. Need everything needs to be more expedited like you want to build the connection quicker you want to get to the point where you exchange numbers and then you can go on and go back to join your friends i think you guys did a great job just as long as you guys keep working on it i think it'll it'll gradually get better over time i am excited to try this with a few single girlfriends that we've been trying to figure out like a strategy for the new year say like okay let's try this and see what happens it's kind of like holding your own speed dating event like (laughs) out the awkwardness of like Five minutes with each person, you know, yeah. you're, and you're choosing who you're going to be talking to. Yeah, yeah. That. And I think, you know, the, the core foundation of, you know, the Girlfriends program and this whole strategy is to have a support group with each other, to, like, support each other's, like, wants and desires. And if they do, if you do see a cute guy, Veronica, like, Lisa's going to encourage you, like, go get him. Like, you know what I mean? And have true. a blast. And vice versa. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. so I think that's also really important to understand. This whole system is created not only to help you guys understand how to do it well and how to do it effectively, but to encourage you guys, each other, to do that. Because we all want love and we all want our friends to find love. Yeah. And so if we can play a role, potentially sure. a wingman or wingwoman role, in being able to make our friends be happier, then this is a great way to do it. Thanks so much to Thomas Edwards, Lavanya Ramanathan, and Veronica Tony for being my guinea pigs on this outing. If you have a story of a time that you met someone at a bar and struck up a great conversation, or a time that you were an amazing wing woman and you want to impart your knowledge, let me know on Twitter. I'm at Lisa Bonos. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate us on iTunes so that others can find it and become listeners. As always, this podcast is not a solo endeavor. It is produced by Pamela Kirkland with editorial guidance from Jessica Stahl and Alex Lachlan. We'll catch you next time.